Welcome. Now, my name is D. Ludlow. Now, before we get into this episode, go to the description, click the link and get your M&A Mastery Toolkit. This is a free download, which gives you some of the tools and resources that you need to start your M&A journey. Don't forget, go to the description, click the link. It's a free download and enjoy the episode. First of all, I want to ask you about the books, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. First of all, you read a lot, right? Yeah. So book-wise, what would be your top five recommendations for a startup, startup entrepreneur? So yeah, that's, that's a good question. So I keep some of my favorite books with me on my desk. At, uh, so I have a bookshelf, which mm. the vast majority of those I've read, and if I haven't actually read the book, I've definitely listened to them. But some of the ones, some of the, my favorite ones I keep next to me. So believe it or not, managing the profitable construction <laughs> business. Yes. So if you're, in, if you're going into construction, you need to read that book for sure. Uh, the other book I like is um, this one, The Lords of Strategy. Mm. Now, so that that's this, this is a, a breakdown of the some of the strategic thinkers, so the the minds behind McKinsey, uh, Michael Porter, things like that. This book is one of my favourites, Scaling Up uh, by Vern Hanish. I honestly, any you cannot be a business owner if you've not read that book. You just you just can't. It's it has the four fundamentals in there: people, cash, strategy, execution. And this one as well, growing your business. So this is um, this is um, I recently just finished the Cranfield Business Growth Program with Cranfield Business School. Really? Yeah. So I've done that, and this was the book that. Um, uh, but they they wrote this like you know whatever it was, 15 years ago, uh, the syllabus on here. But uh, it's is a is a condensed MBA in a nutshell nice. from a practical point of view. So uh, if I know this is quite theoretical, but if you're going to start a business and if you, the, the, you probably don't need this one, but strategy is so important. Mm, yeah. But let's just say these four, the only other one I would recommend that's not on my desk is the customer funded business model. Because one of the, something we was talking about obviously earlier is one of the biggest challenges businesses have is cash flow. Yeah. is actually uh, scaling and, and having enough money. And most people, as you've probably experienced more than me, is that everyone wants to get into business and they, they, they never have any money. No. <laughs> <laughs> you actually need money. People like, don't realize you actually need money. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, the, but that book, which I, I, is somewhere there, but the customer-funded business model in addition to them, basically that will help you start a business that you start getting paid in advance for. And as soon as you have a business that you're getting paid in advance for, the whole world changes. Okay, it's game changing. So look, scaling up, right? Yep. A lot of this here is about one management scaling up, growing, um, and strategy, right? Yeah. Uh, all the key components. Scaling up. I came to your last office about a year ago, yeah. and it's another nice office, but this one is like this. That office on steroids, right? This office is insane. Your team has grown massively, and one of the conversations that we just had was about people. And as you're scaling, they play a key part of that. And yeah. it's very, very hard to get good people. Definitely. How have you managed to scale the way you have? Because every time I see you, it's just, your growth rate's insane. Yeah. So how have you scaled? Yeah, no, uh, thank you, by the way. It's uh, it's very challenging. It's <laughs> I, like, similar to you, really. I, I can't sit still. You know, I've, uh, there's, uh, there's an opportunity on the board right there. Mm. And uh, even in the most stressful times, it's, it's looking at that there and the actual the big hairy audacious goal as uh, some of the listeners might there know Jim Collins says is, is your is your you know where are you going your, your destination and and that for me is like my whatever you call it your north star your BHAG your 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 end game your exit whatever you want to call it that for me there is, is what I'm aiming towards and 
I'll be honest with you, I'm lucky enough now that I've actually found something I'm really passionate about. I've actually found a passion. I'm actually building a business that I'm very passionate about. It doesn't feel like work, it doesn't feel like scaling and growing, it just feels like capitalizing on an opportunity that's there. And uh, and I, I want to just instinctively give it my all to do that, you know? Yeah. yeah so what about the trial and error of building a team? Because you, yeah. uh, you, your team's grown huge. So, yeah, we what sort of process do you go through to, to ensure you had the right people for the right stuff? Because of the stuff you're doing, it's very high level mm. and it can be very risky. Yeah. Um, yeah, for you to build that team, like what sort of process have you put in place to make sure you have the right people? Sure, yeah. So as you've said, property development itself is a very capital intensive and risky business. Uh, social housing, so, so for those that don't know, our company is a, is a land-led development company that's specialised in social housing, affordable housing and disabled housing. Mm. The past years hasn't been kind to us at all because of construction cost inflation yeah. and, um, and the government is a bit slow to react to giving more grant price rises, etc. So that's put even more pressure on the team. And there's many business books out there, there's many businesses that, that are case studies for, the, for what I'm about to say. But, but the goal of every business owner should be to surround themselves with A players, basically. Yeah. Is to try to build a team with A players. Yeah. And um, finding good people is probably one of the biggest challenges. Once you've found your niche and an actual business model that works, once you've done that, uh, the, the hardest bit thereafter is finding, cultivating, managing, keeping, incentivizing, disciplining, mm. and just, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a team. Yeah. A, a significant part of it is people-based because I can't run this company uh, by myself. You know, I haven't got to this stage. This company hasn't got to this stage by my own efforts. You know, uh, but we have a land team, technical, commercial, construction, finance. They all have a head. They all have a team underneath them. And, and the honest answer to you, mate, is it's solid. You know, I... <laughs> so as a leader, yeah. you're a leader, right? This is um, a vision that you've created. What do you think, what would you say is the top three things having a team of this size and having that, that many departments that you need to bring to the table as a leader to um, really to have the team on board with your vision. Yeah, sure. So the this is going to sound bad, but to be a to be a leader, to have a team and to motivate them, you have to tune into your salesmanship, so to speak. Uh, you know, everything in life is about sales. Yeah. And you have to sell your team as well. If you want good people to come on board, you have to sell them. To, and what are you gonna sell them? You have to sell them the vision. You have to sell them where you're headed. Nobody who is an A player wants to get on board a ship that's going nowhere. They want to go out into the, the mighty seas and have a chance to conquer something, you know? They do, those, those, that's what, those are the type of people you want. You don't want people who shy away from what's coming up, a challenge or the negatives. And so, so to answer your question succinctly, you've got to have a defined vision and strategy that mm. actually motivates people and pulls people together because that will be your defining core from your culture. You know, everything will stem from where do we go into? Hopefully if you walked out of this room now and spoke to any of my team and you asked them, right, where, where's the company heading? They'll be able to reel off where we're going. You know, I bang on to our vision all the time. Um, I, I explain to them this is where, you know, when they run their divisions, it all comes back up to, is it, does it make, does it make the ship go faster as there was a cruiser? Does, is what you're doing and the KPIs we're tracking, will, if you, if you achieve them, will we get to this vision, this mm. goal? So yeah, motivating them by a clear vision and then also giving those A players a chance to actually, giving them a bit of the freedom that they, that they deserve and need. The last thing an A player wants 
is for you to micromanage them when you should be bringing them on board because they're more uh, specialised than you in that individual role. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that's that's a really good point. You know, um, if you talk to any great, well, um, if you read about any great leaders, they always hire people better than themselves. Definitely. You know, because that's how you drive the ship, make the ship go faster. So before we actually go out on site, yeah. last time I spoke to you, your pipeline, but the value of your pipeline was huge, right? So where are you currently at pipeline value at the moment? Sure. Um, so at the moment we have just over 500, I think it was 567 homes last time I checked in our secured pipeline. Right. Uh, we're actually on in construction right now, just shy of 150, soon to be over 200 over the next couple of months. We've got a few planning delays. But um, yeah, we've got a secured pipeline of 567 homes, something like that, uh, in, with a gross development value in excess of 115 million. So that's what's actually we have in our secure pipeline that's being forward sold um, to housing associations, and uh, and and yeah, and, and th that's another thing. So when when I first spoke to you years ago, how many years ago it was, yeah. I was fascinated by your business model. You know, you're pre-selling to housing associations, and I suppose you know it seems like it'd be quite a hard thing to do to get you know those contacts in those mm. places where they trust in your company yeah. and your vision to be able to do that. So how did that even come about? Well, again, I'm not trying to get too theoretical here, but one uh, a strategic <laughs> principle right, that Ma Michael Porter found actually is, is the five forces from external factors of, 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 of the environment, right? The competitive environment. And uh, when, you, when you analyze social housing, uh, land-led social housing, you realize that actually it's a very high barrier and there's a, there's a housing crisis. Mm. So if you just put two and two together, it equals a significant opportunity for somebody to come and make a big difference. Mm. Uh, and luckily enough, um, you know, we've managed to get the resources together because that's another key mm. thing entrepreneurs need to have is to be able to go out and get resources, whether it's money, talent, uh, other types of resource, connections, whatever it is, a lot of people can't do that. So if you look at the actual social housing landscape, you realize that to be landlord, that's a barrier in itself. Finding land is hard, it's a specialist skill, yeah. and, and you also need contacts. Funding that uh, land is also significant, it's very capital intensive. You know, we've raised millions and millions of pounds to do what we're doing here. Most people can't do that or, or haven't tried to do that, I wouldn't know where to start, and it just takes a long time. So, so straight away, we've got a high barrier to entry. Then on top of that, you've got red tape to deal with. You know, social housing is public sector, it's government. There's processes, you're dealing with housing associations that have different levels of management to sign things off. It's, it's a slower process. You also need to get planning permission, terribly slow process, under-resourced, public sector again. All these are barriers to entry that people either don't have enough resource to, to wait through, and it just knocks all those, comp it just reduces the chance of competition coming in all, all the time. But then ultimately, when you find then you've got, a, you've got an, an area with a, uh, a very high barrier to entry, but a huge opportunity in terms of untap. So in, social, in, in Wales, there's 70,000 on the social housing waiting list. Mm. In England, there's over a million in the social housing waiting list. There's a deficit per year across the entire UK of over 100,000 social and affordable homes not being built. You put two and two together and you realise there's an opportunity there for somebody to step in and uh, and that's exactly what we've done. And you guys are there to do it. <laughs>